All right, let me set the scene for you. It's summer 1998. By this time, you've already watched Armageddon, Dr. Doolittle, Mulan had already come out, the animated one, uh, and you've seen Mulder and Scully search for the truth about his missing sister. Although it seems like every season of the show, it's something about his sister. You've seen all these movies because they were just $5 a pop. You just go. Who cares? Five bucks. Let's go. You see that Joe Dante's coming out with a new picture. You're a fan of Joe's. You like what he does. About three years before this, a movie called to- uh, Toy Story came out. You see the trailers for this one. You're like, hey, it's a, a sick and twisted Toy Story. That'd be cool. Uh, you know, you. it's almost like Gremlins, too. No, it wasn't. No, it was not. This is Small Soldiers. Video Store Wasteland. Hello and welcome back. Uh, this is Brian. I'm your host here in Video Store Wasteland. I do uh, thank you all for coming back and listening to us. I, I do apologize for a little bit of hiatus. You know, certain things in life come and go and uh, sometimes it kicks your ass. Uh, in my case, I lost. Anyway, uh, so like I said in the intro, uh, we will be talking about Joe Tante's 1998 movie, Small Soldiers. Uh, the, just off the top right now, uh, I wanted I wanted to hate it. I wanted to, like halfway through. It was all right. Anyway, 1998 in movies, let's just start there. We got uh, <laughs> something that we already talked before about, Boogie Nights. I am a star. I'm a star, I'm a star, I'm a star. I am a big, bright, shining star. We've uh, got Truman Show, we got things like Pi, uh, Halloween, H2O or H20, however, however, however it's pronounced. You know, there's, there's like a lot of them. And we already talked about one of them. Uh, then we got uh, Big Lebowski. We got the 1998 Godzilla by Roland Emmerich. We'll talk about that one later because it is a disaster. Uh, we got Rush Hour. We got Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. American History X. Half Baked uh, for all, all my stoners out there. It's a, a must watch. We got uh, Waterboy, Basketball, uh, The Avengers, and, and not the uh, one where I would get sued for a lot of money if I used the theme song. Let's use it anyway. That's enough. Uh, Blade, uh, Blues Brothers 2000. Uh, That's all I got to say about that one. We got Ants and Bugs Life, which uh, we'll talk about those two later because it's an interesting sort of... um, Interesting sort of lightning in a bottle of uh, two movies coming out at the same time, produced at the same time, about kind of the same things, but, uh, you know, it's not. Uh, and, uh, you know, just, just for funsies again, I looked up uh, what won Best Picture that year, and it was uh, Shakespeare in Love, uh, which, which, you know, I've seen once in high school because they put it on. Uh, and, and uh, it, that beat out Saving Private Ryan, which I've seen many times because it just, you know, that first, first 10 minutes of it first, you know, the, the D-Day scene is, is worth the price of admission in and of itself. You know, uh, it's just what it is. It's, it's a great movie, great, great films, uh, scene there. Um, so 
that's a little bit about 1998 and movies. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, it looks like there's a lot more thinky movies coming out that year. Not so many that uh, are like big blockbustery events or uh, anything like that. I mean, you got a lot of comedies. Waterboy, I mean, still is is one of the. <laughs> I think is is a great is a great movie. Yeah, it's Adam Sandler, but like at a certain point, you just got to get over yourself and and put on that Adam Sandler flick, like a Big Lebowski again, comedy, but it is still kind of thinky. American History X is heavy. That's a heavy movie. And then we got Basketball, which uh, is not is not as heavy. <laughs> um, now now we're looking at the uh, looking forward to the cast and crew here of this picture of uh, Small Soldiers, which was released June 4th, uh, 1998. So if we count that in the grand total of, I guess what you would call the the summer movie season, it's uh, towards the beginning of it. Um, so yeah, so cast and crew, uh, we'll start with cast, which uh, I, I think this is the better part of the movie, um, mostly because... I'll just get to it. Uh, I'll save the discussion later, man. I got I got a little bit to say of it, but not not as much as I have to say about Dune. Yes, that's a shameless ripoff. If you know what it, where it's a shameless ripoff from, kudos for you. You you get uh, you get one Bitcoin if you can, if you can tell me where it is. I don't have one Bitcoin, so don't tell me. Uh, all right, cast. Uh, we're looking at uh, Kirsten Dunst, who's in the movie. And I, I'm assuming most of us know where Kirsten Dunst is from. Uh, the best god dang superhero movie out there, I think, Spider-Man 2. Uh, you don't think so? You know, fight me. Fight me, seriously. We'll, we'll choose champions and all that, that crap. But yeah, Spider-Man, we got uh, Interview with a Vampire, Melancholia. With an interview in Vampire, she was really young in that one, I think. That was before this movie. That was like 95. This is 98. So that's three-year difference between these two. She was in uh, Jumanji, the one with uh, Robin Williams. Uh, Rest in peace, Robin Williams. And uh, just because I like doing this every once in a while, we do have uh, a Next Generation starring in. She was uh, in a Next Generation episode, Star Trek, uh, episode called Dark Page from 1993. Uh, Go watch it, mainly because it is uh, Star Trek. You just got to watch Star Trek. And uh, she was in Kiki's Delivery Service. Then we got Bring It On. That rounds out her filmography. Then we got uh, Gregory Smith, who before this was in uh, Harriet the Spy, which is one of those childhood classics, which we'll see what we get to eventually. Uh, We got The Patriot with Mel Gibson. He was in A Wrinkle in Time, the 2003 TV movie, which I vaguely remember watching on TV way back when. That was like, what, 2021 right now. So that was what? I'm not good at math. That was 18 years ago. Yeah. 18 years ago. God dang, man. Uh, Hobo with a shotgun. Uh, He was also in uh, a show called Everwood, and we'll get to some of that later. Um, David Cross, which uh, most famously known as a comedian, but second most famously known as uh, a member of the cast of Arrested Development, where he unfortunately... No, I'm afraid I just blew myself. 
then he was also in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Mr. Show, Scary Movie 2. Uh, then we got Jay Moore, another comedian. Um, he was in Jerry Maguire, The Adventures of Pluto Nash, which I will get to that eventually because, oh boy, holy crap, what what a, what a disaster of a movie. I saw that one. I Jesus, I saw that one on HBO way back when. Um, I mean, he was on SNL from 93 to 95. He had a couple years on Ghost Whisperer, which was Jennifer Love Hewitt in that show, was starring. Um, then we got Dennis Leary, again, another comedian. Freaking hilarious. Uh, he was in The Amazing Spider-Man, which was uh, the one with Andrew Garfield. Not so good. Uh, nothing compared to Tobey Maguire and uh, his, his pizza boy. Uh, he was in, he created the show Rescue Me, which was on for quite a bit, I think, from like 09 to, to 12, something like that. Then uh, Ice Age as uh, Diego the Sabertooth Tiger Cat, which looking at his IMDb, it seems like he's in every single Ice Age movie. It, it must pay fantastic. Uh, then we got Phil Hartman, who, uh, if you don't know who he is, you would know him better as... Hello, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such movies as Cry Yuma and Here Comes the Coast Guard. Uh, man, what a voice. He was in The Simpsons and he was on SNL. He will appear in movies uh, before before his untimely death, which happened, I think, right before the release of this one. Um, but, but you'll notice him just by face and by voice. It's It's just... So, so recognizable. Um, then we got Dick Miller, who, um, you know, most, most, most commonly known as the old dude from Gremlins 1 and 2, the guy who is complaining about Gremlins uh, attacking all his machinery and all that. That's Dick Miller, for people who don't know. Then we have Kevin Dunn, who is the dad in Transformers, the uh, one with Shia LaBeouf. He, he plays Ron Whitwicky and... That's pretty much what I can suss out from uh, from at least the live-action crew because then uh, we do have the voice actors who play the, uh, between, the, you know, all the toys, between the Commando Elites and the Gorgonites. Uh, what's cool about this is that the Commando Elites, uh, with the exclusion of Tommy Lee Jones and Bruce Dern, were all uh, voiced by the cast of The Dirty Dozen, at least the ones that were alive at the time. Uh, Charles Bronson refused, and that makes him late. I wish I was dead. Hey. Um, and the Gorgonites were all ca- uh, voiced by the cast members of Spinal Tap, minus Jim Cummings and Frank Langella. 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 I'm not going to cut that out. That stays in. Um, these, you know, uh, slowly it's uh, Christopher Guest, Michael McKean, and Harry Shearer, or as you know him, Feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> Stupid sexy Flanders. So it's kind of cool how we have a couple Simpsons uh, connections here. We have Phil Hartman and Harry Scherer. Um, something else cool, like I was going to say beforehand, but I wanted to save till now about the cast and crew is that there is several like little, little, little Marvel MCU connections here. Um, I don't I don't know if we'll ever get to talking about any of the Marvel movies but uh suffice it to say let me just say these these right here well, any of the newer Marvel actual official MCU stuff cuz uh 
fucking probably nerds will run me off run, <laughs> nerds will run me off the internet if i if i said what i thought but um gregory smith who plays alan abernathy who's the kid in the movie he starred with uh emily van camp and chris pratt and everwood and both those people were in marvel movies emily van camp being uh sharon carter in the captain america series and later on, well, in all of the Captain America series, even the TV show. And then Chris Pratt, as we all know, is Mario. Just kidding. He is Peter Quill in Guardians of the Galaxies. Well, all of them. And Kirsten Dunst, obviously, as we know, is uh, Mary Jane Watson in the Spider-Man trilogies. And again, with Tommy Lee Jones, he's also in Captain America. So uh, that's that's kind of like cool little connections here. Uh, you got you got between Marvel Marvel actors and uh simpsons actors you know cool 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 to have that uh now now let's go let's go on to the crew because i think this is the better part of of what really i want to talk about um crew we're gonna start off with the director the one the only joe dante uh and if you've listened to the program before you know that joe dante was uh John Carpenter's first choice to direct Halloween 3, which I still think is a mistake that that didn't happen. The movie would have been goddamn amazing if he directed it. I think I think that movie was made for him. Anyway, he uh, directed uh, Gremlins 1 and 2, which we will talk about uh, in future episodes because, goddamn, they're both amazing. Uh, Inner Space, he's done The Howling Piranha, which is a Roger Corman uh, directed, uh, or not directed, produced one. Uh, if you don't know anything about Roger Corman, please go educate yourself. The man helped launch several careers. Um, then he did uh, a, a segment of the Twilight Zone uh, movie, which you know what? Uh, you know, me being me being the the old cursory master that I am, I forgot to <laughs> I forgot to even look up what he what 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 segment he did. Let's give myself five, four. You know, this is what I do. You know. He did the segment It's a Good Life. Um uh, dang, that's one I don't remember. Cause I do remember the the first couple, cause you know, Kick the Can was Spielberg segment, which you know what? I'm not gonna talk about the Twilight Zone movie right now. That'll be a future episode. Maybe I'll do that next month. Um Fantastic. He did The Burbs, and one that I actually was surprised that he did was Looney Tunes Back in Action, which stars uh, Brendan Fraser and, uh, you know, the Looney Tunes. This, uh, that one was after Space Jam, and I think that was the last sort of live-action animated uh, Looney Tunes movie until the Space Jam with LeBron James, um, which we'll talk about when we talk about Space Jam, the first one. Uh, anyway, moving on to writers, we got Gavin Scott, who helped develop Young Anita Jones with George Lucas, and let's just say George Lucas needs all the help he can get with development of writing, because oh boy, oh boy, uh, he also did absolutely anything, and I don't mean that writing-wise, he did a movie from 2015 with Simon Pegg of Cornetto Trilogy fame, if you, if you watched that, great, if you haven't, go watch it, you'll, you'll enjoy it. Ted Elliott, and uh, we'll just name these two writers together because they do often work with each other. Ted Elliott and Terry Rosario, who did uh, the 92 Aladdin, the animated movie. They both helped on Shrek, which goddamn masterpiece. Uh, 
Pirates of the Caribbean series. Pirates of the Caribbean. Bean. Well, however you say it, uh, but they, they did the series, uh, all of them, up until the one that came out in 2011. Uh, they, they, National Treasure, another freaking masterpiece, let me tell you. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Uh, Rosario, Rosario on his own also did the Lone Ranger movie, um, the adaptation, which didn't go over too well. Then we have Adam Rifkin of uh, Mouse Hunt, which I know is a movie that I remember very fondly. I remember taking that from the from the uh, video store several times. Uh, the, and the underdog live action adaptation, which uh, who remembers that? I do, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, produced by Michael Finnell, who did most of uh, Joe Dante's work, you know, The Burbs, Gremlins, uh, Inner Space. Then we have Colin Wilson, who did more work with uh, Spielberg's side, so Jurassic Park 1 and 2, or, or I guess Jurassic Park and Lost World. Uh, Terminator 3, which, eh. Uh, Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett he is producing, so let's see how that goes. I'd like Mando. Um, yeah some of the better stuff that uh, Disney is producing as as similar as it all is uh Avatar Munich War of the Worlds which is uh if you didn't know Spielberg's uh 9/11 movie uh rewatch it and watch it with the uh mind that this is supposed to be a reaction to that or that's supposed to be a reaction to that uh then we got uh composer wise i'm saving this next one for last. not 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 the composer but the one that's next to my notes for last because damn um composer wise we got jerry goldsmith which uh he did the theme to next generation uh, there's a lot of star trek i'm talking about in this episode but damn dude fucking the next gen theme song Give yourself the time and and the self-love and just listen to it because mm, so good. Uh, he did the music for the Mummy uh, movie with uh, Brandon Fraser in 99. He did the music for, I think, most of the Star Trek movies, uh, uncredited in the first couple, but then he, you know, he's in there. He did Mulan. He did uh, Rambo 2, Gremlins, The Burbs. He's a very prolific uh, composer. So, like, when you think of sci-fi, you should think... You know, when you think of movie composers, you know, it should be like Howard Shore, uh, John Williams. Um, what's his face who does all the Batman movies? Wow, I forgot that. The guy who did Dune. Let's talk about Dune. Let's not talk about Dune. Uh, but yeah, it should be, it should be, he should be up there. I think, I think so. Uh, unfortunately, he did die in uh, 2011, I want to say. But, uh, yeah, he should be up there with with such such a royalty of music composing. We have uh, director of photography Jamie Anderson, who did Gross Point Blank. He did Piranha uh, again. Roger Corman. So there you go. You got that connection between Joe Dante and jo, uh, Jamie Anderson, having worked on Piranha together. He did the Flintstones, Viva La Rock Vegas. Uh, yeah, but you know. We 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 can't all make failures because the man also worked on one of the best god dang gosh darn movies ever created. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yo, baby, you have your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? Yeah. Please, please, please watch that movie. 
He's so good. Uh, this is uh, also uh, you know, released and you know sort of distributed with the help of Universal, DreamWorks, and Amblin. So there you go. This is our first official quote-unquote Spielberg movie, even though he didn't uh, get involved in any sort of credited or official capacity. Uh, you know, his his name is all over it because SKG. I mean, what does the S stand for in, in, in S is, uh, or in DreamWorks SKG? It's Spielberg. Um, anyway, this last person that I was going to mention earlier is Stan Mother Freaking Lovin' Winston. Stan Winston, everybody. Give her a hand. Applause. All right, if no one clapped, I'm going to put, put a little thing in there. Uh, he, uh, he is a technical wizard on puppetry, and it's just amazing all the, all the stuff that the man has done. He did the work on uh, Jurassic Park. Uh, he's done the, the, damn it, Xenomorphs. I almost forgot the name. The Xenomorphs in uh, Alien. Or aliens, uh, he did work on the Terminator series. So all the uh, Terminator One and Terminator Two, all the, all the uh, damn it, T whatever Terminator series they all are because each one is different. He did the work on that. He did work on the thing. He did work on the first two Predator movies on Edward Scissorhands on Iron Man. The hey, bro, you just. You just gotta love. You gotta love Stan Winston. If if you guys haven't at all seen any of the behind the scenes for any of these movies, and even this one, this is cool to see. Just just go on YouTube, type in Stan Winston, and you'll see all the behind the scenes of the puppetry he does in this movie or in movies in general. It's just just amazing. Um, over the course of this movie, uh, there were over 200 puppets that were made in five months, 14 characters through, uh, meaning, uh, you know, the each individual little little toy, uh, which went down to the six commando elites, the seven Gorgonites, and the Gwendy doll, which, you know, once you made one type of doll, you can kind of dress it up as whatever, and five puppeteers per puppet. So imagine the fucking... The man hours that had to be thrown into this movie, the the amount of of effort, the amount of just technical prowess that that was that was uh, thrown just to make this movie, it's fantastic. Too bad he was too bad he wasn't uh, you know a better movie, <laughs> but uh, on on the special effects of the film, Joe Dante did uh, say the following. Uh, we were planning to use a lot of Stan, Winst- Stan Winston's puppets. Uh, he had made some very elaborate puppets that can do uh, a lot of things. But in practice, we found it much simpler and cheaper to let the CGI people do their work after we shot the scenes. So I would say it's one-third puppetry, the rest CGI, even though the original idea was to do mostly puppetry. And let me tell you, Joe Dante, yeah, yeah messed up. Um, it uh, it's very obvious what CG and what's not. It's 1998. Jurassic Park had come out in 1993. There's five years difference. Probably the same people from ILM, which is Industrial Light and Magic, which is George Lucas's company under Lucasfilm. Well, I don't even know if he owns that still. 
anyway, Industrial Light and Magic, ILM, look him up. Um, he, uh, it just looks very obvious. Five years difference between Jurassic Park and this one, and uh, Jurassic Park still holds up, man. The, the CG in that movie is freaking fracking fantastic. Like, uh, it, <laughs> just uh, 98 versus 2000 and this, like, damn. Also, Lost World came out in 98. That's still should be, the, unless unless man hours were just, unless money was put the wrong way, it's just, I don't know. We'll talk about it a little bit more later. Um, so in total, yeah, like I said, uh, 200 puppets for all that. Uh, there were three types of puppets that were created. There was a self-contained battery puppet, which they can move with uh, remote control. Um, there was the standard rod puppets, uh, which were used for more of the closer up action scenes so where, where the toys are fighting against each other a little bit. And then just a standalone puppet for, you know, stand-ins. Um, so that's a little bit about uh, Stan Winston. And for the love of God, please go check out his work. And another rest in peace to Stan Winston. Um. So we got that going for ourselves. And I, and I realize most of this, this podcast is just going to be talking about you know, what's going around the movie and all that. Um, more of the making, really. Uh, you know, because uh, the puppets and the toys are the bigger part of the movie. And, uh, you know, who, who they are and all that, their, their personalities is really what... Uh, at least should have been the center of the movie. Because uh, like I said, you know, the, the, the Commando Elite, which are the sort of G.I. Joe-type-esque dolls, were voiced by, the, you know, the Dirty Dozen. Originally, Joe Dante wanted the cast Predator to be in the movie, so we, we could have got Arnold, uh, you know, Carl Weathers, Jesse, the body Ventura, uh, you know, to, to, be in, to be in the movie, but, you know... I I think, I think it, the Dirty Dozen were chosen to try to get like an older crowd in because if it goes around, hey, you know the cast of the Dirty Dozen was in this movie, and said, oh, the cast of the Predator. I don't know. I I really don't know what the thought process was there, um, but you know that's what it is. Uh oh, something something interesting here that I'm just reading in my notes. Uh, this uh, well, this is very topical too. The video store. Uh, it was. One of the only PG-13 movies to ever be sold in a clamshell case or uh, on video cassette. If you don't know what a clamshell is, congrats, you're young. <laughs> uh, if you do, I, I hope I hope your insurance has 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 good coverage for the, your back pain that I know you wake up with. Um, and not only was it one of the only ones to be sold, one of the only PG-13s to be sold on clamshell it was also the last. Because I think uh, video release for this one was like early 2000s. Even by then, D uh, well, DVD was around like 2003. Uh, we're not gonna get. We'll we'll talk about the history of home video in a in a elongated episode. Um, but uh, en enough of the background. Let's. Uh, Let's talk about the movie, and, uh, and uh, before before we get into discussion about the movie, uh, I would like to thank a uh, thank uh, 
you know, friend of the pod and friend of mine who uh, suggested this movie and several others, uh, Kiefer. Uh, you know, thank thank you for this, and and I I think I can already guess your reaction to to hearing this. Oh, bitch! I don't know what to say. <laughs> uh, I hope I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, but yeah, thank thank you, Kiefer, and for everyone else. If you guys want to send a suggestion for a uh, movie or sort of movie related topic, I'll even talk about television and all that um, that you want uh, me to hear or want to hear from me, or you just want to hear me rat rant about. Just uh, go ahead and send that over to video store wasteland at gmail dot com. Uh, that will be in the episode notes. Uh, so enough of that. Let's uh, go on to what I thought about the movie. Oh, shit. Here we go again. So uh, like I said, at the top of the film, uh, or top of the film, top of the show, uh, I wanted to hate it. Um, for me, I have a little bit of history with this movie. Uh, I grew up sort of kind of really religious and uh some movies were of the devil uh surprisingly gremlins wasn't but this was um i think i think if i saw it as a, as a kid i would have enjoyed it way more because seeing it now or <laughs> even seeing it after gremlins um it suffers this this movie suffers the sin of not being gremlins i just the the entire like everything that happens you, you want to be like oh this is exactly like gremlins this is what it's gonna be like but i guess uh something that i thought about during it is that gremlins was created as a really dark movie and eventually got lighter and more comedic as the budget grew and you know you add steven spielberg to something he's gonna want something more family friendly um so it, it that's what it that's what gremlins falls into i feel i feel like the trap that this movie falls into is that it was already created in that sort of mindset of having to be sort of family friendly and open to everybody and all audiences because uh the threat of the toys doesn't really feel all that big and there's no real almost reason for the toys to exist like the it's not the movie's not set during like a christmas time it's not set off some kid's birthday it's just you know the toy company got bought out by globotech who uh the ceo for that is played by dennis leary and he does a really good job playing a uh sort of evil ceo not even evil dude he's just sort of there really uh evil i don't know a ceo type who just throws money at everything and you know he sees uh, a future where toys can fight or play back and that's where jay moore and david uh david cross's character come into play because they're they're toy designers and they get sort of like carte blanche to create whatever sort of toy that they want and you know jay moore says hey look this is my commando elite and then uh david cross is like hey no these are the gorgonites and you know they, they dennis leary is like good make them both and uh you and they just sort of get released and like there, there's no there's no sort of 
real hype behind the toys. It almost feels like they're like, hey, we're releasing the toys only for a select portion of, of Ohio. And yeah, the movie takes place in Ohio for some strange reason. I guess O-H-I-O, Ohio. <laughs> um, but like... God damn, I'm gonna just keep going back to Gremlins, aren't I? Gremlins takes place during Christmas. There's a whole point, like, hey, he gets the he gets the Mogwai for for his kid for Christmas, and he doesn't know that the freaking thing is gonna go crazy or kill everybody or you know do with all that. And to a certain effect, you kind of get the feeling that they knew this was gonna happen in in Small Soldiers because Jay Moore just puts a freaking military tech in the toys which makes them alive and that's how they quote unquote play back but like take it's a lot to even get to that point it's a lot to even get to the point where where a like these toys just get delivered to a random toy store in small town ohio why would they be delivered there uh if you're going to release anything you're going to release it in a larger metropolitan area unless it's just testing but it, it seems like there was some sort of hype behind the toys and i guess that was a bigger thing uh i'm not you know i'm not i, I never really played too much with like gi joe's he-man or anything like that well i later on but i wasn't there during the beginning of the whole hype so i don't i don't understand the whole thing of buying new toys and all that or at the release so like i don't get why that's hyped i don't get uh why the kid would even want it like, like yeah there's a little demonstration about how 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 they play or how the, how they you know move and all that but like i feel like that happens two or three times in the whole movie like it's it's an hour and 50 minutes uh at uh, 50 as in five zero uh minute movie and uh like it feels like that it could have really, 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 really been cut down a little bit. Like, like not even cut down, like, it re reworked. Because Gremlins is the same length. Four-minute difference, but, like, Gremlins does not feel like it's going on forever. I don't feel like they're reintroducing the rules of, of, of everything over. and Or when they do, you know, it's... It, it, it's shown in a different way. This, this movie is sort of like the toys get turned on and then for some reason they're automatically programmed to what their uh their sort of character design is so the commando lead already are like hey we need to kill the gorgonites and the gorgonites are like we're peaceful and like it's automatic if if a lot of the movie was cut before then or like you know re rewritten to where i felt like that was important or it feels like it's important because it Honestly, a lot, a lot of, a lot of the stuff at the beginning of the movie doesn't really feel earned. It feels like it just sort of gets thrown at you because plot, and that, you know that's fine. You get you, the whole point of the movie isn't, uh, you know, the toys coming to life or anything. Is the toys fighting against each other? But that that threat even feels small in scale because since they're only programmed to go after the Gorgonites, which are the you know the sort of orky mashed up monster toys um like it doesn't it doesn't really go much like it's cool it's cool the movie's fantastic if you just go into it uh wanting to to watch some pretty pretty dope 
dope uh, special effects from 98. And by that, I mean just the puppets because the CG is very obvious. Um, and like, like I said, I want, I wanted to like it or I wanted to hate it, but I ended up just liking it because after, after I, after I kind of got it out of my mind that, Hey, it's not gremlins because it's not, um, it's just, it's a lot of movie, a lot, a lot of just lulls. Like at a certain point in gremlins, it's like, it's action, action, action. There's always gremlins, always gremlins. But in, in, in small soldiers, like, yeah, the toys do get destroyed and then they get new toys to come attack the house, which is the Gorgonites, which if you really think about it, in that truck that the toys stole, which was a recalled shipment of all the toys, all the Commando Elite Gorg and Gorgonite toys, wouldn't there also be more Gorgonite toys in that shipment? And wouldn't they want to destroy that? Look, it's it's convoluted. It's a movie that you're gonna want to watch just because it's it's on. Almost like I have reasons to rewatch Gremlins. I may rewatch this one, but I'm not gonna rewatch it with the same gusto that I do Gremlins. Um, I sort of had like an idea of what they could have done in uh, in this movie and uh, have it. I think turn out a little bit better is um have it have the fact that that you know yeah once once the the lead the quote unquote lead commando elite guy gets the other shipment of toys then there's another like lead commando elite guy and he's like and have those guys have factions within each other trying to fight each other and then all the gorgonite toys like the even the duplicates of the toys just be like friendly with each other and sort of play off that a little bit and be like hey you know have some sort of depth in the movie because it's as deep as one inch of water the movie is um you know I, I don't know man I like am I glad I watched it yeah am I glad I waited this long to watch it you know since I didn't watch it as a kid kind of uh, do I recommend it? Sure, I recommend it. Just don't be like me and um, and think Gremlins the entire time. Think something else. I mean, geez, there's even the lead kid, dude. Like they, they explain a little bit. Like the guy was a troublemaker, and and they had to move because he caused a fire at the school or some some shit, and that, that really doesn't get anywhere really i mean at least in at least in gremlins a little bit they talk about phoebe cates's character having this like absolute hate of of holidays and kind of makes sense but in like the movie what's it called the kid the kid is a troublemaker basically it that's it it's over whatever but uh yeah, that's uh Small Soldiers. I you know, go watch it. It's on uh I think it's on Paramount and if you can't find it on Paramount, you know, go rent it. I think it's only like 3 buck rental. Anyway, uh so so that's me. That's uh, Brian. Uh and like I said before, if you have any sort of suggestions or ideas for future episodes, go ahead and send those over to uh video store wasteland at gmail.com and uh hope I see you once again here in the wasteland.